We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to KC Sports Network, which is proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Our Stories with Marlia Campbell. Our Stories is an interview-style show focused on influential women in sports with ties to Kansas City and our teams. Don't forget to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything from the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City. With more than 25 shows each week, KCSN has something for everyone. And now, let's go to Marlia for the latest episode of Our Stories. What's up, everybody? You are listening to Our Stories, a KCSN podcast on women's sports in Kansas City. I'm Marlia Campbell. The show is presented by our wonderful friends at Holiday Distillery. And if you've been listening to the show for a while now, you know one thing we do here is bring on ridiculously awesome guests. Today, no exception. We are joined by first team All Big 12 selection, 1,000 point scorer, and KU starting senior guard, Holly Kurskeeter. Holly, welcome to the show. I know this time of year is insane. So appreciate you taking the time today. No, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, super excited. So a bit of exposition here for folks who maybe haven't been following KU women's basketball, or if you have, uh, Holly's been a key piece of a really special transformation at KU here in recent history. Before you got to KU, Holly, Jayhawks finished 2-16 and in the Big 12. Freshman and sophomore year, 4-12 and and 3-15. and Then junior year last season, you guys were picked to finish last in the Big 12. You did not. In fact, you finished fifth taking down number 13, Texas, on the road, eventually earning an at-large bid uh, to the NCAA tournament and an NCAA tournament win. Uh, we're recording this on a Monday. You guys just got your seventh win yesterday, so moving on to 7-0. and So I'm curious just to start off this show, what's been the flip of the switch to the transformation between kind of the struggles you had you know, early in your career to where you guys are at right now getting top 25 votes in the country? Um, I get that a lot. Yeah, uh, I would say, you know, there's not one right answer. There's not like one key piece. I would think uh, it was definitely, like you said, a transformation. So it was like a step-by-step process because um, we kind of added piece by piece every year. So I know that um, obviously last year we added Tyana Jackson. This year we added Wyvette. Um, But I would say the biggest achievement that we've had would be kind of just our on-court chemistry that's made us better but we also have that chemistry because we have we have people who are who are bought in and who want to be here and we have we have players who regardless of what the past has looked like um 
we wanted to change the future and uh, we were committed to doing that. And we knew it wasn't gonna be hard or we knew it wasn't gonna be easy, we knew it was gonna be hard, but um, regardless of X's and O's, regardless of recruits, we had people who just wanted to be here and wanted to help uh, fix that. Yeah, so, yeah, I think that's, yeah. Yeah, great answer. I think that's really cool in general, but especially right now with everything with the transfer portal going on uh, to, you know, have a team stick it out and turn it around the way you guys have is, is really, really special. And for you, I'm curious what brought you to uh, KU? Cause I know, are you from Oklahoma or Kansas? Kind of both. What would you say like where you're from? Um, yeah, I grew up a small part of my life in Kansas when I was very little, but no, for the most part I lived in, I lived in Tulsa. And so no, I consider Tulsa home. I consider Oklahoma home, but um, I, I came here. I was getting recruited mostly by the Big 12. Um, I went to a few Big 12 schools in Texas also, but um, I, I wasn't afraid to leave home. I kind of wanted to get out of Oklahoma. Everyone in Oklahoma really loves football. And obviously when you come up here, it's a basketball environment. So um, I didn't go on a ton of visits. I didn't do a long recruiting process. I knew I wanted to get out, but also just not too far from home. So it was a it was an easy pick, and and me and Brandon hit it off like really well in the beginning. Like he was just someone I felt very comfortable with, and um, someone I knew that I could trust as a coach um, and as a person. So and obviously that's played out as it should have been. So we've been successful together. We've been not successful together, but. It's what's made our relationship, you know, stronger. So yeah. It worked yeah. out. Going through the lows and, and now the highs of having, obviously, an NCAA tournament uh, appearance and, and whatever is about to come this season. You guys are playing extremely well. Um, I, I want to dive way back. So we got into why you picked Kansas. But when did you start playing basketball? I know your dad played as well. I guess what were kind of your early influences in realizing, hey, this is something I want to do, uh, you know, competitively and a lot. Yeah, I, uh, as a kid, I played everything. Like, we were a very active family. I'm the youngest. I have two siblings, so we were just always outside. Um, we were always playing something. So, I, I mean, I started at a young age, I don't know, five or six, but then I really got into it and started playing AAU when I was 13, 14. Um, and I was exiting middle school and entering high school, and that's when kids, like, get pretty good. And so kind of my commitment level increased because it was like, um, you know, you're playing against real dudes now. So you either have to get better or get left behind. So um, I kind of play with a lot of good girls who I still play against to this day. Um, but yeah, I honestly, I mean, you see kids these days who are really young, who are really trying to get into it, but I really didn't get into it till probably seventh, eighth grade. Um, which is fine. Everyone works at their own pace, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, it worked out. I mean, I, I played everything as a kid. We were just always outside, and that was the fun thing. That was just where I learned to have fun with sports. So. Yeah, yeah, and you're the. Are you the youngest of three? Mm -hmm. yeah. So what was that like being the? Did that help you at all? I'm sure you guys were like playing driveway. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, all the time. So my my brother, yeah. he's the middle, but he's obviously the biggest, like the tallest. So yeah, he was just a bully. But <laughs> it it helped me. It helped me yeah. tough. So, um, because he wasn't that good at basketball, honestly, but he was just physical and he wasn't scared to like run you over or whatever. <laughs> so, um, yeah. 
yeah, he was the one who taught me how to not just be tough, but also get over it. He was like, there's going to be people bigger than you. You just got to deal with it. So, yeah, him him, and my dad. My dad was a little nicer, but um, <laughs> my, dad taught, my dad taught me the game. Um, yeah. He gave me, you know, that's why I have, like, such a high IQ because my dad actually taught me how to play basketball. Yeah. So, so what was that like? How did you do that? Was it just in the driveway or did he like coach you? Oh, totally. Just in the driveway. Yeah. Um, like I said, like when I got into those AAU practices, that wasn't until I was older and I was going to more like skill practices where I was really like trying to develop my game. Yeah. Um, but as far as like learning the game and just having the confidence to be out there. Yeah. That was all in the driveway. My, my um even like my brother's friends i would just beg to play with them um because i like playing with boys i didn't like playing with girls at that young age because girls at that young age are you know they're not tough they're not fun to play with they're just little girls um i wanted to play with boys so yeah it was um it was fun you just have to learn to have fun with something before you you know take it too seriously you have to know that you like it before you know you really commit to it and so what better place to do that than the driveway (laughs) yeah yeah it'll it'll scrape you up pretty good that's for sure um and you can see that in your in your play now just like the confidence you have and kind of this like swagger do you think that came from playing against the boys you know when you were a kid and and having older siblings who'd beat you up a little bit (laughs) Yeah, I yeah. Anytime where something you know gets hard, or we play against like a physical opponent, I just always tell myself like you've played against worse, so <laughs> you'll yeah. you'll be okay. Like yeah. you know how to you know how to adjust to this because you don't always have to be the biggest guy or the tallest or the toughest. Um, you just got to do you know the fundamentals. So yeah. Yeah. So how would you describe your play to someone who's never seen you before? How would you describe your game right now? Uh, I I think know, much, yeah <laughs> I think um if you're an outsider looking in obviously people see me as like a scorer a three-point shooter um but I really try to be someone who um starts with, with defense and gets momentum from defense uh as much as people see me score, I know Brandon puts as much expectation on me as a defensive presence and holds me to just as high of a standard, which I know people don't necessarily see. Um, but I see it, obviously, I feel it every day in practice. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I don't know how to really explain it in like a few words. I just try and be a balance, really. Yeah. Yeah. Has your game always been balanced in that way? Or was there like anything specifically you really had to make a jump in when you, um, you know, went from high school and club to, to the college level? Um, I actually think that I was not confident. I was very tiny. I was skinny. I wasn't as skilled player as I am today. I wasn't I was as much of a scorer as I am today. Um, but I was always told, you know, if you can play defense, if you can get a rebound and run, um, if you can, you know, guard someone that you don't have to score, you're still going to earn your spot on the floor. So um, I think my scoring has definitely evolved, especially here at KU. Uh, I know I have never shot this much ever since before college, but um, 
I just kind of took it step by step and eventually that kind of evolved, which has um, done really well. Yeah, I read a read a piece by a wonderful colleague, which if you're listening to this, if you haven't read it yet, Matt Tate, I know did a story about you in the Lawrence Journal World or KU Sports. And um, he said, were you getting yelled at early in your career for not shooting? Is that a thing? Yeah. 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 When I got here freshman year, I didn't really know what to expect, honestly. I mean, I, I knew I was recruited because I was a good player, but I really wasn't sure of the role I was going to have or if I was going to have one at all. Um, and then we started getting to practice, starting to get in games, and I was just shooting really well. And I practiced more than I ever practiced. Obviously, this is a different level of commitment. But, um, yeah, and so I was – I had – the best three-point percentage on the team. And Brandon kept telling me to shoot more and shoot more. And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> like, I I don't know. And he was like, yes, like, you you practice hard all the time. Like, you have the numbers. Like, you, you've earned the right to shoot. So, yeah, yeah it, it worked out. Yeah, I want to touch on that a little bit more. So I played at Wyoming, and my transition mm-hmm. from – high school to college was I was there were times where I was like this is a different sport it was just the mm-hmm. level is just so crazy I don't think a lot of people know like the the speed of the game and just like the intensity of film and those things what was your your process like going from the high school game to to you know big 12 basketball it was very I don't it, I wouldn't say hard but it was definitely a transition everything was very different my high school team I was my senior year I was the tallest person on the team like yeah but, I, I, but I also helped five yeah five ten five eleven in basketball yeah. shoes maybe yeah but um I was also I was also bringing the ball down so it was like yeah you know we were we were missing some pieces and and then when you get to college it's like okay this person needs to play this position this person does this and this and this and this and you have one role, and if you mess up the role, then your opportunity is gone. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I think besides that, just the quickness and the the size, everyone is big, everyone is fast. Yeah. So, um, you just eventually you just adjust, and obviously, like I said, that took us a few years, but look where we are now. So, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. What got you through those like tough years when you guys are, you know? kind of losing a lot and I know you had a couple years where you started really well non-conference and then things kind of went downhill in in the big 12 I guess how did you guys like mentally your class and you as a leader kind of as the years went on like how do you rally you know the troops and and keep going in the off season and that kind of thing yeah it's it's hard um I would say the main thing that kept us together was probably just a sense of like faith and hope like we knew that things weren't falling at the right time like they were supposed to. Um, but we knew that we were putting in the work and we also had this trust in each other that it was just going to work out. Like we knew we were on a young team that was developing. We were in a you know a new program with a new coach um, and we just understood that it was going to take some time. I mean, look at me and Zakaya. Me and Zakaya have played literally every game together, and we've had the same mindset for every game together that we've played, which is honestly one of the main reasons that I was able to stick it out is because of, you know, people like her and having a teammate like her. I've never had a teammate like her. Um, and obviously having having Brandon. So Brandon was always, like, the backbone in those situations. Like, all right, we knew this is tough. We know that 
it's not working out right now, but it but it will. Yeah. And not a lot of teams can can say that that they've done that. So yeah, yeah, a lot. That's especially with the transfer portal portal now. I feel like people either abandon ship or it just never comes together. Right. So really special what you guys are doing. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. Take me to like the beginning of last year when you guys were picked last. Did you guys know at that point you were being, you know, overlooked a little bit? Yeah, but we really weren't worried about it. Yeah. I know I know Brandon personally, he's someone who takes things like that and it like fuels him. Yeah. Um but we also tried to like not let that be our mindset. Like we try as a team and be like, all right, we're going to be good because we know we're going to be good, not because we want to prove people wrong. Yeah. It's for our own good. It's because we work out every day. We show up to practice every day and do this for ourselves um, and not for others. So, um, But at that point, we had kind of expected it just because obviously the year before we finished last and, you know, years prior, we had done the same thing. So it was like, you know, we had created this pattern. There was this pattern here and – we hadn't shown anything that we were going to break that pattern yet. So it was just a safe and easy choice for the Big 12 to make. So no, we really didn't look into it that much. Um, We weren't worried about it. And obviously we didn't let it affect us. So yeah. 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 Uh, I think that question. So like, I feel like I've asked that now on this end of things like a million times, but in the locker room for us, it was always like a conversation topic for like one practice, maybe like, before practice yeah and then you move on (laughs) yeah yeah um that's it yeah so um I guess what did it feel like I guess it was it had to be kind of like um full circle moment a little bit when you guys got that at large bid to the NCAA tournament can you just take us I guess to the to the moment when you heard your name called and and found out you guys were going to be the eighth seed yeah I remember um 
I just remember thinking, you know, this is something that we've been working for, but this is one of many things that we've been working for. Um, regardless of, even though we only made it to the second round, um, we didn't do anything special last year per se, but we knew that it was the first step in what we're trying to do. So we kind of saw it as that, like, all right, we've made it here. We've, you know, we've taken care of business. So what's, what's the next part? Um, and I just remember it was kind of like a feeling of relief, um, but also like a feeling of motivation. Like, okay, we've came this far, you know, we got this, what were we, a nine seed or something? We got this seed, um, you know, what's, what's next? So, um, and we just know that we're capable of, that we're capable of more. So it was fun. Yeah, great segue into my next question, which is, what is next? What are the goals for this season? What's kind of going on in the locker room right now as far as where you see your guys, where you see yourselves at the end of the year? Anything. Yeah. Literally anything. I think the the rankings came out this week. I think we were literally ranked 26th. Yeah. Like we had the we had the most votes, but we weren't in the top 25. Um which is like I said, things like that don't matter, but at the same time, it's like another one of those steps. Like, all yeah. right, we're you know, we're going in the right direction. So, um, anything, seriously, uh, we, we are confident every game that we go into, you know, we look at our schedule. We don't see a lot of stop signs. We don't see a lot of roadblocks. Just, it's just a process, but we know that we're going to keep going in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, kind of want to change gears a little bit. So I grew up going to um, KU women's basketball camps and MNU, Mid-American Nazarene here in Kansas City. And for me, mm-hmm. as like a nine, 10 year old kid, like watching, you know, Danielle McRae at the time was there and and Kristen Bogart and those kind of players is what made me want to play college basketball. Because I'm looking at these women and I'm like, you guys are like best friends. You're going to school together. You have the sisterhood. You get to play basketball every day. Like, Sign me up for that. So knowing that like those kids are at camp right now, they're in the stands watching Holly Kerr you know, put up a thousand points and do all these things. I guess, how do you embrace that like role model mindset? Um, you know, knowing that you have kids looking up to you. Yeah. It's kind of just a perk of the job, honestly. Right. Like yeah. when you, when you go on visits and when you, you know, meet new people, you don't, think of like the other little positive things that come out of it like just little things like that um so it's really fun I mean it's just one thing that we sometimes forget about and then you know after games uh there'll be a million little kids around and it's something just to enjoy um obviously we don't get to do it all the time because you know season's only half the year and we only have so many home games but it's something that uh that we really like and enjoy, especially camps. Camps are so much fun, especially the younger they get, the more just, yeah. (laughs) Um, But no, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's just one of those things that makes you think of the bigger perspective of why you're doing this. Like you said, you know, you're inspiring someone who you don't even know, which is a good feeling. Yeah. I always loved camps because it was like the purest form of, basketball like these kids just like love it um and then kind of on the like off the court stuff I guess how do you balance like I know you're really into your academics and your school and stuff so what is your like 
how do you as a D1 athlete manage the workload that you have right now, especially with the expectations you guys have, you know, obviously on the court this year as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I try and like stick to a schedule, like a day-to-day schedule, um, but obviously not every day is the exact same, but you just really have to plan ahead, which I know is hard because, um, you know, we're trying to plan practice. You're trying to plan, you know, extra meetings with teachers or whatever. Um, but yeah, you just kind of have to plan and, you know, look at your week to week rather than too far ahead. But then you also don't want to do day to day because it's like you can't plan something the day of. That's that's just not going to work out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you just have to keep track of everything. I know that being a senior, I have less in-person classes. Like I'm, like the older you get, the more flexible you are. I remember being a freshman, going to class four hours a day, going to study hall four hours a day. Like things like that, obviously, don't help you time manage. But um, and you kind of just learn how to time manage the older you get. Like if. He would ask you that question freshman year. I would have been like, oh, my God, I have no idea. I don't know what I'm yeah. doing. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I'm a little better at it now. So you just kind of learn as you go. Um, everyone has different schedules. So yours is your own. But you eventually adjust. You make time to do homework. You make time to get sleep. <laughs> so yeah. it gets easier with time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, on a typical, like, you guys got the win yesterday. We're recording on a Monday. I know this podcast is in the middle of your day, but what what does your day breakdown typically look like with like class and practice and treatment and all that good stuff? Yeah, so this semester I had class Monday through Thursday. Um, I had two on Monday, one on Tuesday, two on Wednesday, one on Thursday, none on Friday. Um, and then, you know, you have – I try and do – the classes that I have, two classes, I'll try and do like homework in between those classes because I have a gap. So that's like a little extra homework time. Um, and then the days where I only have one class, typically um, they were at 11. So I would be done by noon. I would get lunch. I would maybe go get some extra shots up. And then, you know, film starts at two. And then we go straight into practice. And then I go home and do homework. So, um, it's funny because I thought like as a senior, oh, I have less like scheduled things. So I'll have more free time. But then I dedicated more free time to like making scheduled things such as like getting an extra workout in or doing more homework or whatever. But um, yeah, it's really just about how you manage it yourself. My schedule this semester was one of the easier ones. Like I've had more time to schedule things that I wanted, um, but also having classes I was in I was in 15 hours this semester I took a five-week class at the beginning and so that first five weeks this semester I was yeah I didn't have much free time but after I finished that five-week class my schedule obviously opened up a little bit more and it was a little easier so speaking of schedules which are insane I know you guys are on the road all the time you guys are heading to Arizona Wednesday number 14 team in the country is this that's the first ranked team you guys have this year right Yes, it is. Yeah. So what's the, uh, how are you guys feeling heading into Thursday? Got a big one. Yeah, I think we're excited. Obviously, games like this are fun because, one, they're a ranked opponent. It'll be our best game of the year. 
our most, you know, our toughest game of the year so far. And one, it's on the road. We haven't had like a true, true road game yet um, against a competitive opponent. So, yeah, there's a lot of things going into this one. Um, we finally, you know, are back on our feet. Yesterday was our first time playing with all of our players back. Um, and now we're straight into like a real opponent with, with our team back. So there's a lot of factors going into it. But, I mean, for the most part, we're just we're excited. This is, you know, this is why we do it, to go beat people, to go beat ranked opponents on their floor. There's yeah. literally nothing better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, man, that's awesome. So want to let you get to your day. So I have two quick ones for you. One is that I know um, – I don't know how many eight-year-olds listen to podcasts, but I know that parents listen to podcasts. And like for the parent listening to this that has a daughter that is watching Holly Kerskeeter and wants to be her someday and is, you know, getting into basketball, I guess, what's your advice to to kids um, who know they love the game and know they want to play college? I guess what are kind of some some tips on how to separate yourself and, and get to the next level? Uh, I would just say – Obviously, you have to work really hard, but at the same time, be yourself. Um, a lot of people ask me, you know, when did I start playing competitive? You know, how did I, you know, gain such a high IQ or whatever? But I tell people, I didn't start playing competitively until I was like, what, 14? Like real basketball, 14, 15? Because I just, I went at my pace. Like I, I worked really hard, but I didn't you know, try and become someone that I wasn't too fast. Um, so, yeah, just everyone has a different role. Everyone is their own player. Just adapt that. Get used to yourself before, you know, you try and become a better version of yourself. Um, yeah, just go at your own pace. Yeah, everyone I love that. Not on the same timeline. Love that answer, especially in a day where I feel like a lot of kids are, like, feeling like they have to specialize so early. And you're like getting like recruitment letters when you're, I think my first one was when I was in like eighth grade or something. So you're like 13. It's just nuts. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really cool to hear. Last question I have for you is um, the, the name of the show is called Our Stories. So if there's one thing that folks listening take away from your story, one kind of key message, I guess, what would you hope that would be? No pressure. Yeah, just a light one to, <laughs> one to end on. Um, my story would be that I didn't, I don't want this to sound bad, but I did what I wanted to do. Like, I always trusted my gut feeling. Um, and I'm just like proud to say that like everything I've done, I've done for me because I wanted to. A lot of kids get caught up with, you know, recruiting processes and letting people make decisions for them and not really seeing the purpose of you know why they're doing it and even when times are hard you know I just have to remind myself like what I'm doing is important to me and it gives me purpose uh, for the time being until I figure out what I'm going to do next in my life I don't know but for right now I'm here because I want to be and it it gives me purpose and I and I enjoy it. I just, I didn't worry about others. I wanted to play college basketball. And so it's worked out. Yeah. I just kind of stayed true to me, I guess. Yeah. I love that answer. That's such a valuable thing. I think especially for young women to hear mm -hmm. uh, growing up from, from someone who's 
uh, first team all Big 12 and leading one of the best teams in the country and is going to go get a win on Thursday. So, Holly, thank you so much for your time. I know your schedule is chaotic and uh, appreciate you spending the time with, here with us on KC Sports Network and have a great season. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.